welcome to the wire podcast where we chat to people from around the business and get to know them a little better first and foremost it's it, it's uncharted waters especially in a leadership team you see very much that we really try to increase different thinking mm-hmm. and that is sometimes really scary this is very much more about co-creation and collaborating towards an outcome yeah we employ more people in this than microsoft apple google and facebook together leadership is one of the critical elements in all of this those of you who want a new challenge are comfortable with doing something a little bit different uh, uh, come and join us get your name in the hat and uh, let's make this change together and we're going to take you through a little journey in this next 45 minutes of the why the what and the how today i'm here with mike henry so mike do you want to introduce yourself yeah, so as, as Caroline said, Mike Henry, um, I'm currently uh, heading up the subsea Ulverston business um, based in, in Ulverston. So, how did you get to where you are today? What, what drove you to be the head of subsea in Ulverston? I think, um, if, if I think uh, right back to the start of my career and um, you know what was driving me uh, was was really I've always been driven by technical things. So even as a e- even as a, a child at school, I was very technical based. Mm-hmm. Loved taking things apart, loved building things, and uh, and as I moved into a career, um, then I was drawn to to an engineering career. Uh, and I, I came into that career through the normal traditional uh, routes into that through an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, and as, as an apprentice um, with, uh, with a company that manufactured high-speed woodworking machinery. They built, they designed, um, manufactured and supplied um, machine tools for the woodworking industry. So it was really good, really grounded apprenticeship, um, involved in all sorts of different elements. There, as you can as you can imagine, there was a lot of machines, mm-hmm. machine parts, a lot of fitting, a lot of assembly work, um, design work. So so you covered the whole lot as an apprentice. So that gave me a really good sort of basic grounding for for an engineering type apprenticeship. And then as, 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 uh, as I developed through my career, uh, following that, I moved into subcontract engineering. Okay. Um, so again, a challenging environment uh, where you were solving engineering tasks in, in just a massive range of different industries. Mm-hmm. So and you never knew which industry you'd be heading to next. That might be, you know, an automotive plant, or it might be a nuclear plant, or it might be a food plant. So, so again, a lot of experience. Yeah, lots you and get, lots of different. Yeah. Yeah, you get lots of different scenarios, different challenges, and and what what benefit I gain from that is that you start to. Um, understand how you can take a, a you know something that you might have applied in one industry and transfer that across into the other yeah. industry. Um, so I, I spent a good proportion of my you know working career working in that type of environment for different engineering companies, mm-hmm. uh, all from um, 
both machining companies, so manufacturing machine components, uh, fabrication, fabrication from anything from um, you know frames from uh, from machines to staircases for supermarkets, staircases for feature um, feature staircases for shopping centres and things like wow. that. So airports and and all that sort of stuff. Um, so really varied engineering career. Yeah, sounds it. <laughs> so why did I end up where I'm at? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so why did I end up uh, uh, where I'm at here at Siemens? Um, the engineering was was really cutthroat world. <laughs> uh, and, and every job was, was you know, uh, at the time when I was, uh, was working in that, the competition was fierce. Mm-hmm. And I sort of made a decision in my head that I needed to, to move out of that subcontract type environment and, and into, into a more, um, a, a different type of industry, a, you know, stable industry. Mm-hmm. What I thought at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so at, that point, at that point in my career, um, I was a director of a, a subcontract engineering company. We had... Um, Workshops all over all over the northwest. We did a lot of different um, design and manufacture work, um, but I made the decision that I was coming out of that industry mm-hmm. and then was looking for something else. And at the time, Tronic were advertising for project management uh, people in the oil and gas industry, and I was like, well, that's an industry that I hadn't done a lot of work yeah. in. Always looked an attractive industry to be in. Um, so I took the opportunity to move into from that role into a project management role within uh, within what was then uh, Expro, mm-hmm. uh, Tronic, still still branded as Tronic, um, and worked on projects um, and, and found that really satisfying. It was a different a different environment again, um, different products. I was now into a product base yeah. know, company as opposed to. You know, not having having the um, security of a product, and we're just winning every engineering job that you went after, you know, and things like that. So, so it felt a lot different, and, and it was good. It was it was really good to have that stable product. Challenging because the projects in in the oil and gas industry always seem to demand it. We we have a complex product, and uh, you know that goes into a harsh environment. So it's not it's not always easy. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was it was really rewarding, and, and it felt a little bit more stable at the time. At the time. <laughs> um, so so uh, and and then I've just progressed through the different areas. So as I started as project manager, um, and then sort of headed up uh, the design um, and development team, and then and then moved into uh, managing some of the delivery teams. And, and then, um, as we moved on, managing managing the whole operation here in Ulverston. And so it's been a gradual development. Mm-hmm. And so that whole journey sounds very varied, just in each role sounds quite varied. Um, do you think that helps you deal with the challenges that the oil and gas industry's been through as well, the ups and downs and how on this current up things are do feel a bit different this time don't they so do you think that that varied work has helped you definitely absolutely um, I think you 
you draw on all that experience when you're faced with whatever challenge comes along. And uh, yeah, it's you've seen you know throughout those changes and working in those different industries, you 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 certainly see a lot of different ways of working. You see different environments, and you come across a, a lot of different challenges. So, so in my day-to-day -day work now, yeah, definitely uh, that experience and knowledge from the past definitely helps make uh, make decisions mm -hmm. around the business and, and uh, how we how we face challenges. So I suppose the biggest change, obviously, we're going um, up in terms of industry-wise at the moment. But also at the same time, um, the whole Vision 2020 plus reorganisation is happening and uh, obviously Subsea is moving into the portfolio of companies. Um, how, how's that going? How's that affecting day-to-day -day business? On I, I, think, I think here in Ulverston we tend, to, we tend to be, we look after ourselves and we, we pretty much act as a standalone business, which mm -hmm. why... It makes you know managing this business uh, so you can draw on your experience from the past of managing standalone businesses, um, and and I don't think uh, when it gets to the wider employees that they're, they're that concerned mm -hmm. or that interested in in you know that change. I think they're more they're more focused on what we're doing as a business yep. here, and that's good because I haven't got people worrying about what the future holds. Uh, I think they're engaged in their own future and driving for their own future. Um, from from a management team, uh, we're starting to see the, the influences of that. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I don't think that's a bad thing for us. Um, we are we are a design and development organisation and where we're, the structure that we ended up is, is in part of Siemens that promotes design and development uh, of a business and so far what we've seen is it's positive you know it's going to give us an opportunity to to develop this business to build on what we've already done and to uh, keep moving forward and keep growing mm -hmm. and get the business back to where it uh, where it was. So looking back over the past kind of two to three years when Subsea's been part of the energy management division in the UK yeah. um, how how has that helped um, build connections with the rest of Siemens? That you know, Carl being in charge and and kind of driving different ways of working, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think the best thing for me is uh, has been uh, being part of the greater one, mm -hmm. um, seeing the challenges that we've got in all our businesses, and realizing that you know the ones I've got here in Ulverston uh, are very often mirrored in the wider in the wider Siemens business portfolio so you feel like you're not alone with those challenges they're not unique to you and then and then again it's it's been a learning curve for me in terms of a different approach to management mm -hmm. um, and it is a more progressive style of management rather than you know a traditional hierarchical type approach so so I, I'm definitely being part of that growth one strategy being uh, speaking with other people you know from other businesses and and then working with that team has definitely brought a, new, a different way of thinking into yeah. my management style definitely um, like I say 
prior to that, I think it was more traditional. You know, um, I needed a structure, I needed a process, I needed a procedure. <laughs> I needed a, you know, it was that. So, uh, and as I've moved forward, I think uh, I think I'm starting to look at things differently and, and allow people to to ho hopefully expand their decision making and become more uh, responsible and you know not reliant on that single point for decision making within the business. And that seems quite in line with what Vision 2020 Plus is kind of trying to enable us to do, to kind of be more independent as a business and also as individuals to help drive things forward. So do you think, you know, we're in quite a good position as we go into POC to um, kind of help that along with the rest of subsea and POC companies and yeah I think we've I think we've just got to keep working hard at it because mm -hmm. um, I think the wider employee base in the UK is not used to that style and they're not you know they, they they've been hundreds of years previously <laughs> where it's been a you know a hierarchical style of management uh, and, and I think that transition is is it's difficult to change that and it takes time and we should expect that that's going to take time um, but I think POC will allow us to continue that yes yeah. you know yes there's going to be some expectations on us but part of that development is about part of the people development within the business and that's well recognized in there so so hopefully we can lever on all the good things that we that we're doing um, that were born out of being part of that grow to one and uh, continue to push, push forward. So you're saying obviously it'll take time and um, we're all kind of on a journey, but how, how do you feel everyone else feels about that journey? Um, I, think, I think we're starting to, I think we're starting to get there. Um, I think the business environment changed, so, so the market change has, has added the confidence back into the workforce. Yeah. which is which was missing you know uh, probably 12 months ago mm -hmm. and we faced that uh, and I think that's helping you know so there's no doubt about it you know having a growing business again having a market that's coming back to us that's helping people's motivation and morale and, but I think they're also starting to starting to engage with that different type of working mm -hmm. um, and I see that in the conversations that they're having that we wouldn't have had before. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have made changes unless, unless the management team sat in a room and said, "This is what we're going to do." And now, and now I see see groups of people within the business here getting together and you know making changes for themselves. You know, and uh, and, and that's that's a bit of a step forward for me. Yeah. Uh, and I certainly get a lot less. Um, requests for decision making when we want to do something different. Yeah. So one time everything would come, you know, and say, right, well we want to do this, you need to you need to give us the okay to do it. Yeah. And how people start to grasp that. And it's not just at management or supervisory level. I think people are starting to recognise that, you know, those those changes aren't recognised they can do something different. Yeah. So here in Subsea there's been some enablers to kind of help that happen so um, Kaizen weeks have been going on for just over a year now yeah. um, 
how do you feel that has helped? What what was that like at the beginning for starting with the Kaizen Weeks? Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember the first the first Kaizen Week. Um, virtually had to force people to to attend the first meeting and. Uh, then once we'd done the initial kickoff, everybody just disappeared back to the day job and had to <laughs> regroup. Um, so to to now to now people wanting and asking to be involved with those workshops and uh, different teams running those workshops outside of our standard scheduled kaizen. So 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 that's one thing. I think there's more engagement with that and you know everybody's realizing there is different ways of doing things and mm-hmm. that's giving us a process and, and a structure to be able to do that. But more importantly, I think uh, I'm now seeing departments working together and people working together to change it for for the wider benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that team working, that understanding uh, understanding of our business and and you don't realise how complex your business has become until you start to sit down and map out each individual task just to, to achieve something, you know, within a department. And you realise that, you know, that our business environment and here has become really, really complicated, even to the extent of sometimes, well, we couldn't really figure out why we were doing mm-hmm. some of those tasks. Um, and it, and now we get you know people working together to to take those tasks out if we don't need to do them and to change the way that we're doing things. So so it's that that has been a definitely an enabler for us as a business yeah. to achieve not only improvement within the business and efficiencies, but also to get people to work together yeah. and to um, accept change. You know because uh, you know I think that, that does that. You know, so another thing that obviously I know because I work here has happened um, is um, the flexible working as well. So that's been yeah. going for about twelve months now. We're about twelve months yeah, in with flexible yeah. working, uh-huh. and how's that? I know there was some kind of debate at the beginning whether it would work or it wouldn't. And so how how do you feel that has been received? Because obviously you get more managers talking to you about whether it's a good or a bad thing, or do you not hear any I, noise about I, it? I, I hear no noise now at all. I hear lots of noise about why this would have worked at the start yeah. and how difficult it would be. And uh, actually, the, that was a really good project. It was driven through you know, employee groups getting together and putting proposals uh, to, to, to us to you know, the direction that that wants to go. And like any group of people, you got opposing views and different, uh, but but actually we, we came on a solution, implemented the solution, and everybody seems to be quite happy with that. I don't get any noise about it. I don't see it impacting my business yeah. in you know any in a negative way. I think it gives people the, a little bit of freedom to make their own choices, you know, when they start, and you know. So uh, I think after twelve months, there's no noise. Good. It's uh, <laughs> nice to hear, because yeah. um, obviously, you know, I sit in the business and, and I think people do appreciate it, and I don't hear much noise, but then I don't often get to sit with the managers and discuss that, so it's nice to hear that they're not complaining to you as no, well. So no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good other things. There's always, there's always something to raise, isn't there? <laughs> 
Um, so um, I've worked in this building with you for quite a few years now, 10 year anniversary this uh -huh. year of this building. Um, but actually, I don't know much about you um, behind the day to day uh -huh. um, that I see. So what is it that you enjoy doing when you're not here? Because obviously you enjoy every single second here, but what, yeah, what else yeah, do you enjoy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you're not here, what is it that, that you enjoy doing? Um, I spend time, time with my family, mm -hmm. so it's pretty much family orientated. I live away from the from the location, so I live in Lancaster, so I don't get really to socialise a great deal um, with 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 the people within the business mm -hmm. and within this area. So I, I live quite away, way away. So, um, but yeah, family things really. So so um, two daughters, uh, one lives in London. Mm -hmm. One lives uh, quite close, one grandchild, so he's pretty much family orientated. So babysitting generally then? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so do you get to come to the lakes and do stuff and yeah. go walking and things yeah, like that? Or? I mean that's great. I, I, I find living where we are, that's, that's one of the biggest benefits of being in the area. Mm. I can... I live in Lancaster, so I can get into the lakes really easy. I can get into the Yorkshire Dales really easy. So it's it's ideal, and we do spend quite a bit of time out and about walking. Um, not as much these days as what I might have done, you know, a couple of years ago. But uh, I think that's just changing, changing lifestyles and changing demands. Like say, babysitting yeah. more and dog sitting and uh, <laughs> things like that. Uh, so, and, and there seems to be quite a lot going on, you know, that, that prevents us from doing that. Um, so, do you think your alternative leadership style will help as your grandchild gets a little bit older? Do you, do you think the conversations with your grandchild will be different than they were with your children, so to speak, about the future of work? And yeah, I think I, I think they are already because <laughs> you're not as responsible for your grandchildren. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't think I'm, uh, yeah yeah I don't think I'll be as strict with with my grandkids as I, I was with my kids. Yeah. So what what do you think the future for your grandchildren will look like? You know, obviously you did an apprenticeship and a traditional kind of path through and yeah. it's obviously been different for your children and can you even imagine what it's going to be like for your grandchildren uh, I can't really in terms of you can I can look forward and I can see the way things are developing but uh, they're developing so quick that they're sort of outpacing the, the you know the, the rate of what you can think that is going to be at the moment so yeah I think working the working world is going to be really different mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're already, you know, if I look back uh, from when I started and, you know, we used to have to, you know, clock on and we worked in a really dirty environment and there was no communication, you know, outside of that, that environment when you was there. So, I, you know, when you was in that environment, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to find anything, you had to go and talk to somebody. Yep. Whereas now you can text, email, do whatever you want from a communication point. So the working environment from a communication point of view has is, is changed completely. Mm -hmm. And I guess that will continue to change. Um, we see it here now people, uh, flexible working, well there's no flexibility back then. And, um, 
and there was no homework in and there was no, you, you know, you couldn't fire up your laptop and exchange data or find out about anything and, and things like that. So it's a massive change and I think that will only continue. What that means, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> you haven't got all the answers though, darn it. Um, I, I always say when, when I'm sort of faced with that question, well, what should we do in from a, you know, from a digital sort of approach, I said, don't ask me. <laughs> don't ask me at my age. Go and ask, you know, go and ask an apprentice or something like that, because you, you might get a more sensible answer. Yeah, I know what you mean. I always feel like my son on tablets and stuff like that. You just like, I, I don't even get how you get it, and feel like I'm already out of touch and, and I'm do, not that old. Because, <laughs> uh, and, and what for us um, sometimes is a, a challenge, should I say, when we're when we're interfacing with uh, technology. Um, I think some of that comes naturally with, you know, just the way that uh, you know, the younger generation have been educated mm -hmm. now, you know, and, and, the, and the things that they have at the fingertips and what they use on a day-to-day -day basis, it just means that when they're interfacing with that technology, some of that is intuition and natural rather than having to think, oh, this is a bit of technology and I don't really understand it. You know, I don't think they understand the workings of it behind it, but they understand the interface. Yeah. Whereas in my, in my approach is always, I need to understand the workings of yeah, this what's going so, on in the background. so I can interface with it properly and, and, and you probably don't. No, just take it as red. Just take, it to red, yeah. <laughs> Just take it as red that your data has been <laughs> disseminated around the yeah. whole world. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so do you think there's a bit of a gap there then? Because there's people of my age and there's people younger. and So we're kind of in a world where there's almost like three generations working together. And yet we're all expected to use the same stuff, so to speak. This, you know, everyone has to use circuit, everyone has to use team centre kind of thing yeah. so do you think there's a gap we need to kind of bridge because potentially some of the younger people coming in will just sit there and go oh yeah it looks easy looks a bit like this whereas the people who have worked seen email come in kind of thing and had to adapt so how do you think we can best cover that gap how can we make it easier for people to interact with this stuff that's difficult to bridge. That's difficult for me to say. How how do we bridge that gap? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's about just providing the the opportunity to interface with those mm -hmm. those changing environments really, um, and and then everybody's different, and everybody's yeah. a different driver. Know, it is, uh, I remember back when I, when I was working as a design engineer and and we started to work work on CAD as opposed to working on a drawing board and, yep. and you know what that that transition was just it was not there for me because working on a drawing board is, is quite practical and hands-on and you pick up things and you, you whereas working on a, on a on a PC to do exactly the same is more about just clicking and Mm -hmm. You know, so it was just clicking a mouse, and clicking buttons, and dragging lines and things, and it's. So I think it's everybody's, you know, everybody's 
different in their approach to technologies and but I think making that available for people yeah I think where where they're good technologies then I think people will adopt them yeah it is uh, and I don't think you know when it, when you look at um, when you look at how um, how we communicate in the outside of the work world yeah. well, nobody came along to us and said well you've got to use Facebook and here's your user manual for and, Facebook. And you've got yeah. to use Instagram, and you've got to use this. Nobody, nobody came along. Yet everybody uses those those platforms. Yeah. And they choose which platform is to them. Yeah. Is best to them. So, so in a working environment, why would that be different? Yeah. Why so would you? Why would you want to say, you know, right? You must use this platform, and you must learn this. You know, it's a case of. I think if it's a good, a good platform it's a good tool then people will gravitate to it and they will learn it and, and if it provides a benefit for them they'll be only too willing to to engage with it and figure it out if it doesn't they won't and i guess that's why you see some some software uh, opportunities just fall by the wayside yeah so if they're not giving you the benefit the personal benefit as well as the business benefit then yeah. it's just not gonna fit and work and so the more options and opportunities people have the more likely we are to find the one you, you will, <laughs> you'll find the one that provides the biggest benefit because the majority of people will will gravitate towards it and will use it and you will get all the benefits and then something they will come along and they'll move to to that so trying to go back to you know in terms of you must use this mm -hmm. i think that's maybe the difference for the future yeah you'll provide a range of options and, and people will gravitate to the one that, that best fulfills the need yeah just just the way you do in in your everyday life yeah definitely so looking forward kind of the next five or ten years i suppose not too far forward um, where do you see the future of the subsea business going? I know we're on an upturn at the moment. Yeah. So, what does it mean? Does it mean employing another four hundred people, or does it mean staying as we are? What What does it mean? Well, it definitely means getting the business back, you know, to the to the levels of business and beyond, which we were before we went into a downturn. Mm -hmm. um, so, size of business and growth. So, we're definitely on a growth cycle, and I can see that continuing. Um, it's about, but it's not about having the same business as we had, you know, yeah. five years ago. It is about being able to do that business in a different way. That means, you know, that, that we are more efficient, you know, and uh, we don't have to go through the cycles that we've just been through. So it is about uh, growing the business, putting back to putting it back to to the level it was before the downturn. Yeah being ready for when that downturn happens again because yep. inevitably at some point in business cycles that will happen again mm -hmm. and being better prepared to be able to manage the business through that so it's doing things differently yeah you know uh, taking all the advantages of the, those digital changes those you know automation within the business the efficiencies that Kaizen are bringing us so that we don't just build a business that was identical to the one that we had um, kind of had five years ago. Yeah, because the outside world has changed at the, changing at the same all time. The time yeah. yeah, it would be, it would be 
wrong to just model what we want for the future and what we had in the past and that's that's the biggest thing for me is build a bit a different business structure business, mm -hmm. business platform take advantages of all the uh, advancement in technologies make sure we're maximizing that as a business um, and, and, and put us you know back on on, uh, on a growth path mm -hmm. so yeah and, and make that uh, sustainable for the future you know so that a sustainable business here in Ulverston, you know, for the future, making products like we, we, we're making at the moment and bringing new products in, lots of new products, lots of new ideas coming forward. And as, as that technology and that um, advancement um, in, in everyday life, topside as I would call it, <laughs> as that mirrors in a subsea environment, then make sure that we that we that we're transferring all that technology and using that in a subsea environment. And so you talk about development and how uh, being part of the portfolio companies, um, that's a very R and D kind of environment to yeah. be in. Um, so our connection with kind of the wider subsea business as well, um, and what's going on in Trondheim and the systems business and stuff like that. So how how do we fit in with that how is that for the future where does that that's, see? that's a really big opportunity for us because uh, um, what we do at the moment we supply our connection systems whatever they are to to allow other people to deploy and then plug in using our connections in the subsea environment what uh, what Trondheim and what the, the what that team is doing is is uh, developing some of those building blocks for subsea power distribution uh, and then uh, once they're in and, uh, and um, deployed then they need our connections so so it gives us a, a next step in that subsea environment so not only we'll have the connection systems but we'll have the building blocks to a subsea power distribution so it's like a completely not completely different but a new phase of markets that we can be in as well yeah, so yeah. very much different to where we were five years ago as well exactly we were reliant on other 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 uh, businesses developing those building blocks for subsea environments so that they could use our connectors mm -hmm. and we're now moving into building some of those uh, subsea building blocks ourselves uh, through Siemens subsea and then that will naturally pull through our products. Yeah. It also gives us a great opportunity because we have some really good technical experience within um, within the facility here, and we can share that um, with yeah. the colleagues in in Trondheim. So really good opportunities. So is the future only oil and gas then, or is there opportunity for? Lots get, of other different things. Yeah, I get, I get asked that question quite often, and we are we are a specialist in subsea mm -hmm. equipment and connections of subsea equipment. So, so whatever goes subsea is 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 an opportunity for us. Yeah. and I wouldn't discount anything that that is going into a subsea environment. So there is uh, naturally at this moment in time biggest market in that subsea environment is subsea oil and gas mm -hmm. but as the future develops you don't know what um, 
you know, what opportunities come out of subsea mining, what come out of uh, subsea data centres, what come out of, um, you know, uh, renewables, uh, and we've done a few smaller projects on that, um, uh, but, you know, that they've been limited in size and, and numbers, and uh, but but anything in that subsea environment really is is, is an opportunity for us Up for to use. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's, it allows us to use our expertise and skills in whatever way we can to, uh, you know, to, to meet that need. So yes, we're a subsidy business, and, and definitely over the next, you know, uh, three or four years, we'll we'll be a subsidy business. Mm -hmm. You know, that's our area. So that's our area of expertise. That's where we want to maximise it. Yeah. But not necessarily always oil and gas. Yeah. So along with that, our customers obviously change naturally as well and the way that we interact because oil and gas is like you say a very traditional kind of business but when yeah. you look at Microsoft data centers I assume they're a completely different yeah. approach needed and things like that absolutely. yes absolutely different but using the same fundamentals yeah as what we used to yeah brilliant well thank you very much for your time Mike um it's been great to catch up. Yeah, we don't often get the chance. No, often get the opportunities to talk that long, actually. Um, so yes, I'm sure that will be of lots of interest to people in the building as well, not just externally. So thank you very much, Mike. Okay, thank you.